HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. My name is Sarah Kim, and I'm from Austin, Texas. I'm a Cheeselandian because while life is great, cheese makes it better. Go to Cheeselandia.com to learn more, and if it's for you, sign up. This week on Meet and 3, we rethink surplus by exploring how innovators are promoting sharing mindsets and responding to excess in creative ways. The whole life cycle of food would be the third largest greenhouse gas emitter behind China and the United States if it were a country. You know, in the age of COVID, where a lot of those institutional processors did grind to a halt and a lot of farms had to dump milk in Pennsylvania, even while supermarket cases were, were bare, the organic market stayed strong. They source all these ingredients, they do all of this work, and then they just boil it for a few minutes and then they throw it away. Tune in to Meet and 3, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Mike Schreiber, and welcome to The Shameless Chef, the show that takes us back in time to home kitchens in the 1970s, but still has a lot to teach us today. I developed this show with Michael Davenport in 1977. He was the original host of The Shameless Chef, and he shared his fearless attitudes towards food and encouraged home cooks to have fun and take some risks in the kitchen. I'm excited to keep this legacy alive and share The Shameless Chef with you on Heritage Radio Network. Today's episode is all about decoration, ornamenting your pastries, adding embellishment to your table, and one festive treat that is perfect for parties. As I've mentioned, Michael approached life with a flair, so you can imagine how he approached his preparation for a table. I can't say that his usual approach was elaborate, but it was always rather unique. He did claim himself as being outrageous, after all. Let me give you an example. One late summer evening, Michael had sent out a very simple invitation to a dinner party, and on it, it said, Wear white, only white. As you can imagine, those attending started contacting each other with curiosity and wonder. Nobody seemed to know what was going on, but of course it was Michael and we knew it would be fun. And we entered his home and everything in the place had been turned to white. I mean everything, everywhere. Plates, the chair coverings, linens, the decor, even the rug on his floor was white. He had removed everything that wasn't white. So, as the food was being presented, it looked like artwork with this beautifully prepared dinner against that white background. It was beautiful. You know, we were all rather wowed. As it turned out, 
Michael reminded us that it was the day after Labor Day, and he was defying the fashion tradition of not wearing white after Labor Day. It was perfect Michael Davenport. Simple, yet different. This is just an example of Michael as the shameless chef. Be unique. Be outrageous. Don't follow silly rules. Be shameless. When it comes to dining, do you set your table like a mad frisbee expert? Some do. Many tables look like a carelessly dealt pinochle hand. Too bad. This is the Shameless Chef. I believe the table setting should be like a stage setting, beautifully and thoughtfully presented for the delights to come. What's the first thing you see when you sit down to dine or luncheon or just have a light snack? Something resembling a roadside greasy spoon? On the other hand, the salivary glands get very busy when you sit down to a suitably, imaginatively, even just neatly set table. Too often family meals become ho-hum, not so much because the meals are boringly prepared, but because the table is set with all the imagination of a truck stop hash house. First of all, uh, let me say where I'm coming from. Paper napkins belong on picnics, and I'm not sure about that even. So sue me, paper manufacturers. Come on. With the miracles of man-made fibers, laundering of napkins and placemats and tablecloths isn't that difficult. Now, bandanas are a delightful napkin, a red or any other color. A centerpiece, no matter how humble, enhances a table, a bowl of lemons or any fruit. A couple of pieces of bric-a-brac with some green leaves or just green leaves alone. <laughs> My friend Wanda has a ceramic chicken which she surrounds with candy corn. It's an enchanting centerpiece. I hardly need say anything about the joys of candlelight, from tall tapers to votive lights. When food is served family-style, the food becomes the focal point, so let it be suitably arranged in platters and bowls, not flung the frisbee thing again. You take a lot of time preparing the food that you eat, and shouldn't it be presented proudly? My name is Michael A. Davenport, eclept the shameless chef. Long live parsley and napkin rings. Inventors of gimmicks, gadgets, and gym cracks are attracted to the kitchen like no other room in the house. Now, I decry gadgets and have gone on record before, but there's one piece of equipment that I would recommend to you, the pastry tube. No, it is not limited to wedding cakes and bake-off winners. <laughs> this is the shameless chef. Consider the non-pastry tube. The use of the pastry tube in the making of architectural confections like the wedding cake is an art like any other. There are professionals who do nothing but tube work. Some should be in museums as well as banquet tables. But the pastry tube is a mighty handy thing to have around the kitchen for other than celebration cakes. I used to avoid the pastry tube. I, I was put off by all those funny little points that go on the end of it. And somehow, uh, another of those kitchen mysteries, I fell heir to one. I used it the first time found it not at all frightening, and now I use it frequently. It not only gives a sense of decor to the things you cook, but it does something interesting with the texture of foods as well. Well, take butter, for example. Yeah, butter. Put softened butter, preferably sweet butter, in a pastry tube. Use whatever of those fancy tips you want. Squeeze the butter onto a plate or a pan. You can do it in squiggles or rosettes or squirts and dabs or spirals or snails. Let artistry and total abandon be your guide. Chill your creations in the fridge and serve them. 
Not only do they lend a marvelous touch for entertaining, you can amuse the kids as well. Then you can use the pastry tube for squirting the filling of deviled eggs. It's better looking than any other method, and the texture of the egg yolks is improved by squeezing it through the tube. Now, mashed potatoes, another thing. You can do a fancy border around a plate of just stew, and it looks grand. Or scoop out the insides of baked potatoes, mash them, refill the shells with the pastry tube. Oh, a footnote. Like any other implement of decoration, such as the felt-tipped pen, the pastry tube can be used for uh, X-rated creations. Let your conscience be your guide. <laughs> Michael A. Davenport here, the shameless chef, recommending the pastry tube as art. We'll be right back after a short break. My name is Sarah Kim and I'm from Austin, Texas. I'm a Cheeselandian because while life is great, cheese makes it better. Wisconsin cheese has proven time and time again to be a delicious expression of craft, hard work, and tradition. As a Cheeselandian, I am able to share a Gouda experience with fellow cheese and food lovers nationwide, as well as connect with cheese producers and cheesemongers, taking my love of cheese to another level. I invite you to join Cheeselandia because during these difficult times, it has been even more important to take it easy and get cheesy. The Cheeselandia community and events have been the glue helping to keep us together and connected, and I would love it if you would join me. And let's face it, if you hear the word cheese and get a little hungry, then you've found a place you can call home. To find out more about Cheeselandia, go to Cheeselandia.com. We're back with The Shameless Chef. I spoke to friends on the West Coast recently to extend my regrets for not being able to attend a party they were tossing. Oh, said my hostess friend, we're doing cascarones and I know how you love them. Uh, this is the, the Shameless Chef. And what, you are asking, the devil are cascarones. Well, they're eggs, <laughs> and you don't eat them. You break them over someone's head. Okay, now, just listen a minute. Now, before you summon gentlemen in white coats to carry me away, let me tell you about cascarones. They're eggs, as I said, but you don't eat them. But they are something you create in the kitchen, and they do have to do with a party. And if not shameless, at least cascarones are festive. And that's what they're for. Fiestas. In Mexico, that's where they originated. A cascarone is nothing more than an eggshell, without the egg in it, naturally, <laughs> filled with confetti and painted with wildly wonderful colors on the outside, like an Easter egg that's gone utterly starkers. Uh, or the shells can be covered and stuck with little bits of colored paper. Now, at the height of the party festivities, you choose someone special, and you break a cascarone over his or her head. Romantic, huh? Eh? It's better than spilling a drink in their lap, I guess. In Mexico, or, or anywhere for that matter, weeks before a fiesta, the cooks take great care to chip just a tiny disc out of the eggshell when preparing eggs. The shells are saved, washed out, and allowed to dry. Now then, here's how you make a cascarone. You fill the eggshell with confetti. You paste a hunk of colored paper over the opening, and then you decorate the egg any way you want. You know, faces or stripes or patterns. or You can do it with paint, and you can do decoupage if you feel like it. When you've got a batch of them, see, you put them out in a basket, and you defy your friends to figure out what tell they are. They may scoff, as you are doing now, when you tell them, but once a buddy has busted a cascaroni over anyone's head, they're hooked. And it's a lot easier to clean up than meringue pies and just about as nutty. <laughs> I'm told that sometimes the cascaroni is filled with perfumed water, but that sounds a little messy to me. It's even rumored that at some affluent functions, the cascaronis were filled with gold dust. 
at these prices? Michael A. Davenport here, the shameless chef. I was doing this meringue, see, and I had all these eggshells, and then I remembered, and I thought, well, why not pass it on? How about cascaronis? And so I went to my table. Please, subscribe to The Shameless Chef wherever you get your podcasts. The voice you heard throughout this episode was Michael Davenport, the host of The Shameless Chef, who unfortunately passed in 1985, but lived a truly vibrant life. The Shameless Chef is produced by Dylan Hoyer and me, Mike Schreiber, with podcast development and additional production by Kat Johnson. Our audio engineer is Matt Patterson. The original theme song for The Shameless Chef was composed by Chip Davis. Armin Spengen composed the theme music for this podcast. The Shameless Chef is powered by Simplecast. The Shameless Chef is a production of Heritage Radio Network, the world's pioneer food radio station. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org and follow us at heritage underscore radio.